Welcome to Cop Talk America, where police discuss the job, answer questions, and respond to law enforcement hot topics around our great nation. With over 100 years combined law enforcement experience, here's your hosts and special guest law enforcement commentator, Mark Nelson. Welcome back to Cop Talk America. Uh, the next topic we're going to cover is the Alabama mall shooting, where the Alabama's attorney general just decided to not charge the officer who shot and killed an innocent man at a shopping mall last Thanksgiving. Mark, you can go ahead and start us off on this topic. Well, the Alabama shooting, uh, I've kind of identified as just an ugly case. Uh, the shooting victim, Emantic Bradford Jr., was at a Birmingham mall in Alabama. And a police officer who was essentially acting as a mall guard uh, was not charged by the Alabama Attorney General uh, with the shooting. The Attorney General for Alabama, Steve Marshall, uh, essentially uh, thought that the conditions and circumstances of it were very legitimate. Uh, Bradford Jr., the, the individual shot, was shot three times in the back, and the mayor of the area, Hoover, uh, Alabama, uh, Frank Bracato, said that they would defend the police officer with all their ability, and his name was not released because in their investigation he was found as a private citizen to be innocent of wrongdoing, and his name has not been released. It is a fact that uh, the police officer who was in as a mall guard shot Bradford while acting as a security officer. It is a fact that in Bradford, Bradford himself, uh, witnesses claimed that Bradford had helped patrons escape when they were, there were shots being fired, and then the officer at the mall shot Bradford in the back. Crump is the gentleman who's defending Bradford's family in this claim, according to the CNN source. There was a video, and in the video, uh, the crowd is seen dispersing, and Bradford was shot twice in one incident in the back, allegedly. In another time, it says he was shot three times. Uh, it is unclear. And an object slides to the ground in the video from Bradford's hand as he falls. Now, this is according to the CNN video that they released. It is a fact that Alabama AG Marshall states that the police officer shot Bradford because he was, quote, in immediately, immediate deadly threat. Marshall, the attorney general, said the officer acted within training and nationally accepted standards for active shooting scenarios. So this is all something that you gentlemen can comment on. Witnesses heard the police officer warn Bradford Jr. to, quote, drop your weapon. Now, what's ironic about those witnesses stating that is that in fact, in the two statements from this police officer that was acting as a mall guard, one immediately after the event that he signed and one a week later, in those statements he made no such statement as a warning was indicated. There was no statement indicated that he uttered in either one of those statements. It is a fact that the police officer stated he saw, quote, an armed suspect 
quickly moved towards two males standing near a rail, and he had a black handgun in his right hand. The video indicate end quote. The video indicates that it's an object that falls from his hand, and it's unidentified. I fired my handgun to stop him, quote, unquote, by the police officer acting as a mall guard. The police fact, police officers' actions are not a crime in Alabama at all, according to Marshall, the attorney general. So, there's another fact that we should know, that Crump, remember the attorney for Bradford's family, claims that, quote, black man plus gun equals shoot, unquote. And there was no grand jury investigation of this, as I've described, ugly case. In fact, at the time of the shooting, Molly Davis, a 12-year-old, was wounded. Police say they don't know who shot Molly Davis. Evidently, Molly Davis was shot, but either the wound or the bullet was never discovered in a mall. Bradford, quote, likely did not fire the rounds, according to the police department. Likely did not fire the rounds. It would seem to me, and this is one reason I've described this case as extremely ugly, that a forensic investigation would easily surmise whether the rounds were fired from a gun that allegedly was in Bradford's hands at the time, or it was done by the officer that was acting as a security guard. So what forensics proved is still unclear long after the shooting occurred. The Hoover Police Department, or police officer, initially thought Bradford shot Brian Wilson and Molly Davis. According to this police officer, who was the mall guard, he saw Brian Wilson fall, or get shot, and Molly Davis. Now, the unfortunate part of this entire case is this fact. Aaron Brown was arrested days later in Georgia and charged with attempted murder in Wilson's shooting. Now, this was the gentleman that was, in fact, shot at the mall. So the gentleman that shot him was charged and so forth, and it was in Georgia that he was charged after leaving the scene of the shooting, and the name of that criminal defendant now is Aaron Brown. I'm going to read a brief summary that CNN had of this Alabama mall shooting, in which CNN stated it was a confusion from the outset. Hoover police initially said Bradford shot Brian Wilson 18 in the suburban mall, and then an officer killed Bradford as he fled. Molly Davis, 12, also was shot, police said, adding it wasn't clear by whom. Police later changed the story, saying witnesses and forensic tests indicated that while Bradford may have been involved in altercation, he likely did not fire the rounds that injured the victims. His family, likely, notice, he likely did not fire the rounds. His family has said Bradford was not at the mall with any of the victims or the suspect. In other words, Bradford is appearing to me in this rather ugly case as more and more an innocent black man who had a legal right to carry a weapon and drew the weapon to defend, to defend people at a mall when an individual began shooting at them. 
He went there with his cousin and two friends and possessing a permit to carry a weapon, pulled out his gun after the shooting began. He was helping people escape danger when he was killed, the family says. So the family story is that their son went to the mall with two friends. He had a legal right to carry. He took his weapon out when shooting began. Aaron Brown, 20, was arrested days later in Georgia and charged with attempted murder in Wilson's shooting. Police said, Brown's attorney has said video will clear his client. No change charges have been filed in the shooting of the 12-year-old. The officer who shot Bradford was on paid administrative leave pending a state investigation. The Hoover police, however, are also conducting an internal investigation that will likely take 30 days, the mayor said. The family has said its independent medical review showed Bradford had been shot three times in the back. The bullet struck him beneath his ear, at the base of the neck, and just above his buttocks. That was according to the attorney Crump. My problem with this case is that the forensics that have been done on it were, in my opinion, either shoddy or incomplete, and perhaps they just haven't had a chance to finish it. But if they hadn't finished forensics, why did they find the police officer innocent? How do you have a finding of innocent or, in fact, evading a grand jury investigation when there's been this much shooting? I find this case very troubling. Yes, when I... Uh Saw on the news over the weekend where they, they had cleared the officer in the shooting. And this, uh, this, this has been controversy ever since it happened over the holiday weekend, uh, Thanksgiving of last year. Um, the officer, uh, like I said, there was some misinformation that was put off up the get-go, but let's get back to what originally occurred. You had an active shooter in a crowded mall during a holiday weekend. That's probably just as bad or worse than a school shooting where you have an active shooter in a hallway shooting at people. And you had two officers, I think it was two officers, that were working moonlighting there along with the, probably some private security guards. You had a mixture of both, I think, on the scene, <clears throat> which they immediately took action, uh, went to the active shooter, uh, saw what appeared to be one man armed with a firearm, and from what the uh, results from the investigation came out, they got witness, numerous witnesses saying they had uh, Mr. Bradford, the so-called innocent man who was shot gunned down by the police, was in a defensive position and refused multiple orders to drop the firearm. And then he was shot. And uh, Wouldn't good- that appear in a statement, though, Jerry? Maybe, maybe not. If you, if you issue a warning in an active shooting case and you write up a statement immediately after and a week later, wouldn't you include the fact that you did state a warning? Um, when you have uh, officer-involved shootings, there's a lot of things that the officers do not recall or remember even doing. They just go back to their training. Um, a lot of them would, you know, based upon the training, give that warning. I've never been a big believer in giving a gunman a warning before I shoot him, but uh, that's just me personally. Um, 
But yeah, there, you have a lot of things going on where your memory plays games with you, where you may not remember giving a guy order three different times before you shot him. That's just part of the the psychological effects of being involved in the shooting causes. So it's very possible he didn't remember saying it. I'm going by what the witness statement says, which is, which is witnesses. Sub- yeah, witnesses sub- confirm exactly yeah. what you said. The witnesses yeah. asserted that he did issue a war- warnings three times. Yeah, yeah I mean distances. Uh, you know how many gun? How many times did you fire the gun? Or some type of some of the confusing uh, statements that officers make that have been involved in a shooting. Um, like I said, it's just the psychological effect of being uh, being involved in this type of uh, trauma. But uh, the officer, uh, like I said, he he thought was the threat was uh, Mr. Bradford. He uh, neutralized the threat because he saw him armed with a firearm after apparently witness statements said he did give him some warnings to, to drop the firearm, and he fired three rounds. But our good friend uh, Benjamin Crump, the attorney for the Bradford's end, his name comes up in about every police shooting there is in the United States now. And... Uh, and of course, that's what he's paid to do is to, to protect the uh, family's interest on this. But uh, once again, he makes these outrageous comments, you know, before receiving the facts. And he doesn't agree with the facts, so he's going to change the, the narrative to what he wants it to be. And that's just what uh, good defense attorneys do. I understand that part of it. But I don't think there is any malice on the officer's part of this because, like I said, he was thrown into this uh, – this situation, an active shooter in a mall, which is one of uh, law enforcement's worst nightmares. Uh, any crowded facility where you got a gunman in there can have mass casualties very easily. But Could I you think, comment on the forensics? Uh, the forensics, like I said, uh, like you said, was uh, that he was shot three times in the back, and and I think there was probably other rounds. Uh, I don't know if they went back and checked every round that was in the other two victims involved in this. No, yeah, there's no indication there. Yeah. There was sufficient in, investigation to determine that. But uh, that, that's the type of shoddy investigation you get from the media, too. So there may be a lot more to what we're reading on these three pages of documents because, like I said, uh, uh, the narrative, I think, has been spun again by liberal press where we're just going to give you a certain amount of facts. Um, when I heard this, uh, that, it, that he was cleared and, uh, they gave some statements from a state's attorney and not just the state's attorney, but the attorney general. So the investigation was turned over to state investigators. It wasn't handled by the actual department. Uh, but when you have an attorney general, which I believe he wouldn't have any bias towards either party on this, where he's, laying out the facts of the case saying the, the officer was justified in doing what he was do what he did um, I think is it should be somewhat credible uh, um, once again you're going to claim there's a cover-up here by mr. Crump I'm sure but I don't think this this attorney general made up any facts to what he had but when he came out and he gave us certain statements and he didn't get too deep into some of the facts that he come across and and I was just waiting for the video to be presented because that's what I thought from day one. And there's probably video on this. Well, they, because, th- there was one video, and that did show an object dropping from Bradford's. But this was a hot, heavy issue when this first occurred in November. That first couple of weeks, they said this was once again a black man being gunned down in a mall by overaggressive police. And then it really tapered off. And at that, at that point in time, I'm thinking, there's, there's video of this thing 
going down. Well, somebody may have, but what, yeah. okay, okay, then, so my argument would be, and I'd like everyone to comment on this, why wasn't a grand jury indictment convened to allay the fact that this is a very ugly case and needed some resolution on the facts? Because not every police shooting goes to a grand jury. No, I, I know. And in this case, this I think that the evidence must have been overwhelming that uh, it didn't need to go to just a uh, grand jury because he found the officer was justified by the evidence that was presented to him. And if there's evidence showing that there wasn't a crime committed on the officer's part, it wouldn't necessarily have to go before a grand jury. No, that's true. And that's determined by whom? The AG, isn't it? On this case, it was the attorney generals, which I said was probably brought in specifically because it was a police-involved shooting. Who makes the determination to go to the grand jury finally in Alabama? I'm sure it's probably the attorney handling the prosecution part of it or doing the investigation. In this case, it would have been the attorney general. That's what I thought. Okay, so it would be Marshall. Yeah, state's attorney or attorney general, depending on who's handling But I'm sure the state's attorney removed himself from it because it was a police-involved shooting. So, I don't think they probably saw a reason to. I don't the you know the forensics and stuff and I agree uh the the first problem we have though sitting here talking about it is the only information we have is not a police report it's media reports it's from and CNN. as we know yeah I know that I, can I get know. goofy real fast yeah. and I agree just going off the media reports some of the forensic stuff looks pretty sloppy but at the end of the day there's no disputing the fact that the officer shot this guy that was armed with a gun this occurred in on Thanksgiving for heaven's sakes gentlemen this is four months later we should have some facts. There, I mean, well, there should. We be. do have facts. The fact of the matter is that this guy was shot. He was armed with a gun, and, and it's horribly unfortunate. But he was the wrong guy. But yet he had. Well, they a gun. didn't say that though. Yeah, initially they did not because the other guy got away. Correct. And they went back. I don't know whether they watched the surveillance video or whatever. Only thing we have is some still photos of this surveillance thing. And then they realize, oh, holy crap, that we made a foobar here, which I'm guessing might have happened. I don't know. But CNN never said that, never never said it was actually a mistake, except that they arrested the other gentleman in Georgia who well, was, in fact, the other the gunman. The, the, other, the gunman. other gunman in Georgia. Yeah. yeah. You well, know, think, when I you have that. these melees that go on and these fights and bars and everything, and guns get pulled and you got people threatening, firing. And, in this case, you had probably one guy firing a gun. You had another guy armed with a gun who was could or could not have been involved in this incident. I wasn't there, but I think there's a little bit more to this story that's not buried in is in here. And that this story got shut down real quick after. That's what bothers me. After uh, after they hired Crump and he went out and did his media blitz that first week, and then I could th- I I said right then that there's probably more video out there and more witness statements that's adding more to the story that this wasn't just an because you remember they had him uh, the victim on this Mr. Bradford uh, was a uh, was a military guy just back on leave and all this and it turns out that wasn't even factual so they had to take his military because he ended up getting kicked out of the army or. I don't know. or something like that. That but was that was not in any of the material yeah, I had read. When they first did the when they first did the news conference on there, they had him as an American war hero. And, I didn't realize you know, that. All the, yeah, and that guy. Although it would got, not mitigate what we've. Yeah, read. yeah. It's I mean, not I'm just mitigate a, the facts. And and he went there with two friends that had no no contact with this other uh, group of people that were Correct. involved in this altercation, which I don't think that's factual either. But like but we said, don't know. We don't know, but. Just 
based upon my investigative experience, this has got a lot of holes in it that need to be filled in. On both and, ends. Which, yeah. which is why. But my, this is a media report. Once again, we get into what, how media covers these police shootings, but, and you get one narrative that the police are wrong, 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 but the police intervened in a police mall shooting. The police intervened in uh, an active shooter in a workplace. The police intervened in Parkland shooting, and we've covered all these incidents, you know, and they have to they get called to these calls and we have to intervene and, and, and stop the active shooter. And then we're gonna we're gonna sit there and judge these guys based upon what they did. Now if he made a mistake and shot an innocent bystander a twelve year old girl and that would have came out, but you had a guy with a gun in in this close proximity of an active shooter in a mall. So this isn't like this was just an innocent guy in there with a handgun not doing anything. That's I think there's more to this story that's caught on on film and uh, well, there may not be though. Yeah. I mean, this it, it's a to me this is just an absolute tragedy all the way around, and it was a mistake. It's if you if you take this story on its face, it's a mass shooting in a mall. I don't know how many times that the real bad guy shot. I know he shot an 18-year-old and a 12-year-old got shot. I don't know how many times. Do anybody know how many rounds were Never fired? Never reported in any of the reading I had. Okay. And I, don't, and I don't put a whole lot of stock in. I mean, everybody knows that the media loves making the story look as controversial as they possibly can because it makes the, the story more interesting and, and it gets more readers. My personal view on this, this is an absolute mistake. There was a shooting that happened, and I'm sure that uh, Mr. Bradford was probably just there, pulled out his gun that he legally was supposed to have, trying to protect himself and other people, and there was an officer right there that just heard shots fired, saw somebody get shot, perceived him as being the person who was the shooter, and he put three rounds in him. And it was an absolute tragedy. The death of Mr. Bradford is a tragedy. He shot him in the back. Yes. Let's, let's okay, analyze but, that. But, but an officer can discharge their firearm to protect their lives or the lives of others. So He saw him aggressively so, going to two men yeah, so, by, by So do you want offense. him to stand there and wait until... Let's see if he shoots some more people. I would never second-guess a police officer under the performance of his duties. Absolutely. I just, I just want to investigate it honestly. Okay, and I, we don't know how, how much this was. And I'm sure that there was... We've all been involved in police investigations after shooting and, and seen the investigations, and they are extremely thorough. I'm hoping that would have happened in a, in a case with this much controversy and this much coverage. It should I would have assume been. that they did do um, a very thorough Is there anything from what you're reading that indicates that? But this is also a CNN article. I know. Which, like I said, as far but as that's I'm what concerned... The public, that's what the public has to understand. But here's, would, here's the other part of the problem. The CNN article does not cover established law. They're not even talking about the law. This is all feelings. This is all about hindsight. This is all about looking something and deciding something based on feelings. The United States Supreme Court, Graham versus Connor, the Chief Justice wrote, the reasonableness of a particular use of force must be judged from per the perspective of a reasonable officer on the scene rather than 2020 vision of hindsight. What the judge is saying there is, don't look at the case after it's done, look at the result, and then go back and look. He's saying, based on what the officer sees while he's there, while it's occurring, is what he's doing objectively reasonable. As he says, as in all other Fourth Amendment contexts, the reasonableness inquiry in an excessive force case is an objective one. 
The question is whether the officer's actions are objectively reasonable in light of the facts and circumstances confronting them without regard for any underlying intent or motivation. Under established law, the only facts that we do know that it happened, the officer's correct. It's unfortunate, but he's legal. And I don't see anything in there as far as the articles that we've read that says that this was any type of a racial issue. There's Correct. no there's absolute no, There's no indication of black-white on this and, at all. And to, and to bring that up without any evidence, you know, the officer... Uh, Bradford was black, I will, I will say that, but because there was a sentence in the article, but that was never part of the right. handling of this case one way or the other. And we don't know about the 12-year-old. You talk about the forensics of it. Okay, was she a little girl that was 100 yards off that caught a stray round that was not meant for her? I have no idea. Right, that's The distance was know. never indicated in the shooting. Right, we don't but, know. But remember, my antagonism on this case and why I call it ugly is because there wasn't a, an investigation. This, is, this article I'm reading is from February 7th. This, is, this should be it's almost four months after Thanksgiving, 3 December, January, February. This is nearly, well, two months, two to three months late. There should have been sufficient information to resolve many of the questions Jerry and Chad well, and, and you brought up. And, and Even with good friends. Even if it's legitimate, not. Jeff. No, not, and even. here's why. The way cases are investigated now, nothing is released until they're ready to release everything. So they may have come out and said, we're not charging the officer, but we'll give you the rest of it later. There's a coroner's inquest. There's medical examiners. So you're saying it may not be completed yet. I'm telling you, I'm I'm jumping on the horse too fast. And what's happening here is this is what the media does is they give out a story, but they don't tell you the rest of it. A very easy example right now was the Catholic boys with the Indian. Oh, yeah. And they had the entire tape, but they decided this is the part we'll show you. Knowing full well, I have all of them. So... You can never make a decision or even anything else based other than what facts do we know? And then was the officer reasonably objective? Did he do his job? I don't know that anyone here would have pulled that trigger, but that doesn't change it. Because well, why don't we ask? What do you think, given the facts that you're you reading? You can't. Couldn't, couldn't make that decision make, because yeah. you're not there. It'd be a complete guess. But that's what I'm saying. It's going to be individual for each officer, but that's what makes it objective, and that's what goes back to what kind of training did this guy have? Well, let me ask the question. Go ahead. Around this table, there are there is probably very easily 150 to 200 years of police experience. Probably. Given the advanced age of everybody here. Thank you. You're welcome. Given that I think fact, you just called us old. I did not call you old. <laughs> The old guy called the tra- us old. The tra- We're advanced. The yeah. trans- <laughs> oldest guy at the table is yeah. pointing trans- fingers. Trans- you don't state that. Go ahead. You could hurt my feelings. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by now, we don't care about your feelings or anyone else's for that matter. Okay. As police officers with these this enormous number of years, how many of you have shot someone in the back? I did. I did. That surprises me. Jeff, would you elucidate a little bit you looked at me but you said jeff well whatever okay dave the old the old guy the the old guy (laughs) yeah my and you know what in this day and age my shooting would have probably if it got picked up by the media been blown into something it was not could you give the incident i certainly could it was a home it was a home invasion uh the guy was armed 
We got a foot chase out the back door. I'm chasing him. I identify myself, and he turns and shoots at me. He missed. I don't know how he missed. He was very close. And uh, I drew my gun, but, of course, you stop and think about a second or two delay. I didn't have my gun out when he shot at me. So by the time I drew my gun and fired three rounds at him, he'd already turned back around and was running again. So I hit him in the back of the shoulder, not square in the back, but in the shoulder. He went down, he got back up, I missed him twice, and then he was caught later. But uh, So, yeah, in answer to your question, okay. I shot no, someone in the back. But under, and under the guidelines of the law, totally justified. he had shot at me. If he was to escape, you know, he obviously was a threat to... Were you an others. officer acting as an officer at that time? Yes. In yes. uniform, okay. So, like I say, it hit him in the back. It absolutely hit him in the back. You know, because of the time delay from when I drew and what have you. But, yeah, it's ha it, happens. it happens. Okay. Jeff? My incident was a home invasion where two brothers and a third individual were inside, and uh, they were raping a 80-year-old woman. And the other one, the individual who was not related, was busy gathering all the stuff he was going to pilfer. When we pulled up, one brother jumped through the window Landed in front of me about, oh, 20 feet in front of me and was up and running. And he got about 21 feet from me when his hand came back. He continued to run. He never did turn around. But his hand came back and he shot at me with a 22 Magnum. The bullet hit in between my feet. I fired one round, struck him right in the middle of his shoulder blades, and the bullet went up based on his angle and how he was leaning and stopped in under his chin, killed him immediately. Later on, the second brother jumped through a window and with a gun in his hand, looked at me, threw the gun on the ground, ran across the roof and jumped off. And the third one who was busy pilfering, he went and hid in the attic. So yes, I shot somebody in the back. And in this case, second guy came out with a gun, clearly could see it, but he threw it. I didn't shoot him. And then the third guy hides in an attic. So that's why you can't sit here and look at a case and go, I would never shoot in the back. I would never do this. I don't know. It depends on the we always have a saying down there, circumstances dictate tactics. The tactics will be decided based on what's going on. And I think that's one of the big lies that's came out in the last five years from defense attorneys and uh, ambulance chasers and some of uh, certain groups that uh, you can't shoot a fleeing felon or someone who's committed a forcible felon in the back because they're no longer a threat. And that is just absolute horseshit. Washington State has that rule, generally yeah. speaking. Well, I mean, I mean, there are states that do prohibit that. If the threat has been removed, uh, you're liable. But that's not removed. Just because they're backs yeah. to you, that threat is not removed. You'd that's have just to tell that lie. to the jurists. You'd have to th say that to the Democratic state legislators that passed the laws. Well, that's because politicians are just simply taking care of trying to get votes. The problem is this, all right, so my shooting was in 1987. I was off one night. I was back to work the following night. Today, you're involved in a shooting. You may be off six, seven months before you're allowed to come back to work. And that's while the investigation is on. Is that with pay or without? That with. is with pay. So that you depending be, on the circumstances, depending on the circumstances, but mostly it's it'll be with with pay. If they if they see you're grossly negligent at the time and there's enough, I mean, you'd probably be fired at that point anyway. How many people here have been involved in an, a shooting in the last five years? Anyone? No. No one. So no one knows exactly how long. 
uh, you would be off after. Yes, I know exactly how long you? you'll be off. My oh. son was involved in one. Sorry, thank you. Uh, how long was he off? Five and a half months. He was off five and a half months. Him and two other officers. Because they were involved in a shooting that was found to have been? Justified. One of the officers was shot by the bad guy. One of the officers was shot by a bad guy. Yes. And was he killed or wounded? The officer was wounded. Officer seriously, was, seriously wounded. Seriously. Sir, I, I, still okay. off the press kind of covers his his injuries were non life threatening is how it was described. After Total bullshit. Yeah, still, still seriously threatening. Anytime you get a bullet in you, that's pretty serious as far yeah. as I'm concerned. What What was the bullet? The bullet wound did it. In, has he been able to return to police work? No, no, he has not been able to. No. And yet the, the media is not reporting on but that the, either. But the media reported it as non-life-threatening, and yet he's not able to return to work. Right, and it's been over a year. There's been no follow-up to that. Again, the news media has not reported. Here's an officer who's been off the job for well over a year because he got shot in the line of duty. And is he still being compensated by the police department or is on disability now? He's still being compensated, last to my knowledge. And I'd like to follow up, too, that, you know, I know your state's kind of weird, but... uh, (laughs) So but, better than uh, cra- explains a lot. It's better than crazy Fornia, though. Based well, upon my no, no, extensive, it's not. It's, not. Extensive, it's worse than California no really? gun laws. Based wow. upon my extensive uh, training and experience on this job, anybody that's armed with a firearm is a danger and a threat. I don't care if they're facing you or if they're running away from you. They are a threat to you and, and the society. public that we serve. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, they're free game. Especially if they if they came up and committed a crime and you're there for that reason, if you're in a mall t- looking for an active shooter and you see a man with a gun who's refusing your orders, you have a right to protect yourself and protect the other people that are there that are in his way. So it's a difficult anybody, situation. Anybody armed with a firearm that's committing a crime is always a threat. I don't care if they're running towards you or running away from you. They are a threat to you and the re- the society okay. you're serving. And another thing to consider is, in reference when you were discussing the uh, the officer didn't say he gave a warning or not. Well, first off, just knowing how the news media reports things, it also doesn't say he was asked that question. Doesn't say he didn't say I didn't give a warning. It's just left there as he didn't say anything about giving a warning, which is why it's ugly, right? No, but. Having been in a shooting and having done investigations of officers who've been in shootings or accidents where they've killed someone or those things, many times you'll talk to the officer there at the scene, and then two days, three days later, they'll remember something. Maybe six months later, they'll be like, yeah, that happened too, because it just slowly starts coming back to you. Right, and everything goes from it's right there in front of you to it's all happening inside the circle of a straw. And post-traumatic stress. Yeah, you just, that's yeah. all you see. Now, here's a, here's a question, a final question for all of you. In the, in the case, let's say there was a black police officer that you knew. And the black police officer is retired, but he still has a concealed weapons permit or a pistol, a right to carry in Illinois. I don't know what you call it here, but uh, what's, what's in Illinois when you have concealed, a con- concealed carry? It's a concealed carry permit. Okay. Goes into a mall. The shooting occurs. He draws his weapon. I want to go around the table. I want you guys to tell me, would you recommend that that black officer not draw his weapon at all so he doesn't risk being shot by some 
virtuous mall officer that has a second job from being a PO and is in, in, enraged when he sees a stranger he does not know because the mall this gentleman's in is in a city 500 miles away. He doesn't know any of the police officers. They don't know him. Would you therefore, Jeff, recommend that he immediately put his gun down in the case of a shooting so he doesn't get shot in the back three times? I'd say leave it in your holster. Situation. Okay, no, let's just go around the table for immediate response. Brett, leave it in the holster. Is it because he's black that you want him to leave it in the holster? Oh, ab absolutely not. It I, but that goes for even off-duty cops or, or a private civilian. Correct. That's a bad situation to be in, regardless of whether you're black, white, cop, no cop, or whatever. They're Didn't trying say it wasn't. I said it. This that's, is ugly that's all the way through. It's, it's a horrible tragedy. If that guy was helping people get out, and he, it's, it's horrible tragedy, but it was not criminal. He didn't do anything wrong. It was mass confusion. I want the listeners to understand this is a very fine distinction, and this is why I called it an ugly case. Chad? You have to think beforehand. When you have your concealed carry license and you're carrying a firearm, you already have to have in the back of your mind that you might have to pull that gun out at some point. You also have, have in the back of your mind. Would you recommend he pull it out or not? If you're defending your life, absolutely. See, we have all worked undercover units before in plain clothes, and we have gone into situations after bad guys, and, and in the back of our mind is we are plain clothes carrying a gun. We want to make sure we don't get shot. That's in the back of our minds, okay? So you're yelling police or, or something of that matter. Um, but no, if I would never say keep your gun in your holster if your life's in danger. But, but you have to have in the back of your mind, I'm carrying concealed carry. At some point, I might have to pull my gun out. I have to know I'm going to look at a bad guy. What am I going to do? If I have to defend my life right here, right now, I'm pulling that gun out. I mean, this is a very unfortunate situation, but yes, this could happen again. I don't know if there's any way you can stop this ever from happening again. Okay, Dave. Now, first off, races never got a darn thing to do with this, and unfortunately the shouldn't, media... Shouldn't. It shouldn't. It doesn't with the police officer. It does with the media because that's how they can exploit it. But as far as answering your question, and I've even done this myself, if you're going to get in a situation and give me an example, I've been pulled up pulled over by the police in the past and I've had a gun in the cab of my truck that was exposed and the first thing I'm going to do is get my hands on the steering wheel tell them I'm a police officer I got a load of gun laying right here if you want me to get out and handcuff me that's fine if you want me to go stand on my head I'll go do that it doesn't matter and in this case yeah I would recommend if the guy's coming at you you're in danger of your life or protecting someone what if else? other people are in danger and they're being shot I could say if he's actively shooting and you're right there and you got a shot pull it out and kill the guy that's what I've been kind of going on the whole time we need more citizens to carry guns that are responsible with them Remember, if they have to shoot the bad guy there's no evidence in any of the statements so far that Bradford ever shot at right. anybody Right. So no, I don't think he did. I don't no, think he did either. I don't think he this did either. This is a friendly fire incident. I mean, Absolutely. It's a, this is a friendly fire incident. And that was never admitted to in the CNN articles once. They, they never really resolved that issue. All they said was that the real shooter was arrested in Georgia, right. implying, therefore, that the police officer wasn't, you know, wasn't off base, but that, that, that Bradford was an innocent Absolutely. In the incident. I think it was a friendly fire. He was Absolutely. innocent. I, I believe he was you, innocent. So all of you, I think he's completely innocent. You know, do you, but, Jerry? Do you, uh, Jeff, believe he was a friendly fire? I haven't got enough information to know. I, I agree with him. Until the final report comes out and they have some forensics on this, 
It's ugly. Until they get something to say otherwise, what we know now, we have to say that yeah. I think it was friendly fire. And to answer the rest of your question, and just the still photos that uh, I saw, not the actual video, it appears that when this suspect actually did the shooting, he took off. He ran correct. into That's a correct. store. That's my understanding. And then this Bradford takes out his gun. I don't know if he's going to run after him or what, but the last thing a concealed carry or a plainclothes officer wants to do is, is to take out a gun and start waving this thing around, trying to be the hero. Yeah, remember, the he guy's has, running he, away. The guy has no badge. He's retired, and he's in 500 right. miles from home. So he doesn't know anybody. In oh. his case, he'd have been better off to have le- left it in the holster, like Jeff said, or if you're going to deploy it, keep it down to your side. And as soon as you see a uniformed officer, you drop that thing. You say, I got a concealed carry. I got a gun right here. Your bad guy went that away. Jerry? Well, the problem with, with our state right now is we're still dealing with concealed carry. You know, we're we're trying to we're trying to train these permit holders to do you know keep their weapons secured, uh, keep it out of sight. That's why it's called concealed carry. And uh, you know, we've had a couple of uh, shootings here in the state where you had security guards that in active shooting scenes who took action, which. You know, they're good citizens trying to do the right thing. And then when the police get called in there to, to address an active shooter, uh, they end up shooting a couple of these concealed carry people that's got their firearms out. Not the first time it's happened. You know, and I think, you know, I haven't been through concealed carry, and I think some are better than others, but I think that's one of the things they teach these guys is keep these weapons secured and identify yourself right away, especially when officers are responding to an active shooting scene. And that's where these tragedies are happening. Um, and I don't think you even have to worry just about officers shooting you. You, you might have concealed carry concealed versus concealed carry. carry. Guy shooting yeah. you, yeah. you know, the, <laughs> if you got I mean, huge shootout of a bunch of people. It's going to happen. Not even something like this, this happens. Texas, something like no. that. You might have this bad guy shooting, and then this guy shooting this concealed carry, and this. I've had concealed carry in Washington State for twenty-five years. Yeah. I've never, I've never carried. No. I've, I've had the right to carry. I have never carried. I just didn't feel the need. I, and, and my point is, it's Because you keep looking at CNN discuss. and everything's fine. So no. that's why. No, I don't. Nothing to that's, see here, folks. That's right <laughs> along. On my property, it's quite another matter. Because see, one they, of the things, though, that gets lost in this is that, and Dave brought it up a minute ago, police officers don't have a duty to act. So no. how does a private citizen have a duty to act? If I'm standing there in a mall and a shooting's going on, I'm grabbing up me and mine, and I'm on the laying on out of the area. If the shooter comes right in front of me and is going to attack me and mine, I'm going to put him down. And until that happens, I'm taking care of me and mine. And if everyone took care of themselves, if Dave's utopia had everybody with a gun and everyone took care of it their own self, then we don't have to worry about this guy pulling out a gun thinking he's shooting this guy... My biggest fear is having it happen in a movie. And you have a shooting take off behind you in a movie, and by the time you turn around, everybody's got a gun out and everybody's shooting everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that's why I don't go to movies. <laughs> that's really this ugly. took an ugly turn. One thing you should take a look at all these shootings, especially involved police-related shootings, <laughs> accidental, friendly fire, whatever you want to call them, most of them are active shooting scenes that were required officers to go into completely blind, not knowing what's going on. And, you know, something bad happens, we're being crucified. 
I mean, I think that's what's really concerning to me in law enforcement. And we're wondering why we got officers that don't want to get involved in law enforcement because they're going to be crucified for trying to do the right thing. We didn't start this fight. You know, we're there to finish it. And bad things happen under stress and under you know these type of conditions, but we're not getting any sympathy from the press or uh, uh, sideline judges or attorneys that want to chase these uh, cases for the almighty dollar. Um, that's what's really concerning to me. We just talked about this a thousand times longer than the officer had time to make a decision. Yeah. Brett, you had a comment before we wrap up? Uh, no, that was covered. Okay. Take it away. All right. Well, you guys are listening to Cop Talk America. Thank you very much for listening. I'm sorry. We will be right back.